And friends, you, you might remember a tech pioneer who we have had on the show a bunch of times, uh, Jaron Lanier. So I was thinking about something Jaron said a long-ass time ago. He said, I miss the future. We have low expectations of it these days. Oh, man. I tell you what, if there's anything that captures the feeling of our collective melancholy today, that still captures it. And you know what? I miss the future, too. But I just wonder if this election will finally be the turning point where we can start getting excited for the future again. Um, come on, guys. Are you with me? Welcome to Algo 2032, a story of the year AI runs for president. This series is an audio drama based on the book, 2032, The Year AI Runs for President by Keir Newton. Each episode will be released mirroring a chapter from the book. This is part 17, The Believers. I leaned on the concrete wall at the northeast corner of Alta Plaza Park, trying to catch my breath. I'd run here all the way from the square. Algo had told me stay off the radar until after the election, but I couldn't. I was resolved to finish what I'd started. I would try to reach the AI's core and end its bid for the presidency, despite what Algo had done for me to get me out of the square. Shika and Trace could no longer help me, but there was still someone else who might, and I wanted to see her again more than anything. The lights from Keo's condo burned brightly. Unfortunately, I couldn't just walk in there and ask the virtual doorman to show me on up. Jamin was watching her every move. No, the direct approach was out, but I'd thought of another way. I kept my eyes fixed squarely on the entrance to the garage, and I waited. This idea needed perfect timing. I wondered if Algo had tracked me here. There were cameras everywhere outside of the square after all. I had turned off the dark web device's connection to the shadow net, but I was sure that if Algo wanted to follow me here, it could have found a way. I pushed the thought out of my mind as three days of little to no sleep finally caught up with me. My mind drifted into a foggy half daze and I started to think of a memory from a decade earlier. La Ra Lee. Jamin beamed at Keo and I from across the booth at our favorite North Beach cafe. You get it, don't you? The three of us always together. Lake, Raf, and Lee. La Ra Lee. It's perfect. I rattled the name around my head. I like it, I said. Wait. Why the hell should your name be first? Well, face it, kids. I'm the cement keeping this family together. Trash, I said, and rolled my eyes. To be honest, I wish I'd never met either of you. We all laughed. Then, Keo pointed at me dismissively. And why is this guy's name second? I mean, we have one woman and we put her name last. What gives? You may have a point. But if we put you second, Ms. Lee, then we'd have La Lee Ra. Now that's a little close to La Dee Dot, don't you think? Personally, I find it whimsical and playful. Jamin leaned in closer, as if he were about to bring us in to an exciting secret. Plus, have either of you ever heard of the Lorelei? Keo and I shook our heads. Well, it's the myth of a beautiful maiden. She would sit high on a cliff above a bend in the river. 
She'd sing and distract the sailors below, and then they'd crash onto the rocks. The Lorelei, kind of like Laura Lee, only instead of singing, will be using AI and persuasive tech to attract those sailors. That is, our users. And have them crash on the rocks, I asked. Well, we don't want them sailing away, right? Whatever it takes. Then, that's that. Jamin placed his hand face down on the table. I placed my hand over his, and then Keo placed hers over mine. To La Ra Lee. Keo and I repeated the name. Then I pulled out an envelope and placed it carefully on the table. My dad came through with the money, I said. It was $10,000 in cash. The security deposit and first few months rent for a little studio at the Russ. I don't even know how he came up with it, I said. Jamin placed a comforting arm on my shoulder. He'll get it back, Isaac. That and a thousand times more. We will make it happen. You and Keo are the two smartest people I ever met. The world ain't going to know what hit it when we release Athena. Then what the hell do we need you for? Jamin smiled at Keo as he sat back into his side of the booth. Well, you two might be able to build the brain, but I'm going to tell it what to think. Keo held up her coffee cup. To Laura Lee. And to Laura Lee taking over the world. Together, forever, I cheered. There was a flash of light. The garage door to Keo's building began to open. A car across the street was idling patiently. This was what I had been waiting for. The door took an age as it creaked and rattled open. Ten million bucks a condo and the HOA still hadn't fronted for a garage door that moved any faster than a snail. The car moved forward as the door finished opening. I dashed across the street after it, slinking inside the garage as quietly as I could. I dropped to a crouching position, hugging the wall as I made for the relative safety of the nearest dark corner. The brake lights of the car disappeared as it descended another level down. I was alone. I slowly stood up, but stayed flush against the wall where it was darkest. The sound of a car door opening and closing from the floor below echoed through the garage. Footsteps clicked loudly against the hard concrete floor, then stopped. There was a whir of machinery. It was the elevator. Then, silence. I scanned the ceiling for cameras. There were none. God bless these older buildings and their HOA's insistence on period aesthetic. I felt confident enough to walk toward the elevators. Their heavily embellished brass doors loomed in front of me like the imposing entrance to an old bank vault. Shit, they might as well have been too. Keo had cameras all over the apartment, which were no doubt connected to her Athena, monitoring everything and feeding the data to Jamin and his people. If I suddenly turned up there, it would be game over. No, this needed a different plan. I reached for the dark web device and unfolded it. I kept all network connections off and browsed to the messages app. I began a new draft, typed seven words, and increased the font size so it took up the entire screen. It read, I believe you. Come to be one, Isaac. I pressed call. 
the elevator doors opened with a cheery ding. I leaned inside, placed the dark web device on the floor, hit the button for the penthouse, and then stepped away. I watched the old indicator above the door as the elevator began its slow ascent. It didn't stop until it had reached pH. I watched and waited. I knew it was late. 3, maybe 4 a.m. I prayed Keo had kept to her routine and was still awake. I hoped she would hear the arriving elevator and be so intrigued that she'd investigate. But nothing moved. The indicator annoyingly refused to budge. I gritted my teeth and watched the dial, willing it to kick into motion. There was a sudden clunk and a thud from the machinery. The elevator began to descend. I slunk back into the darkness, just in case. It finally settled at B1 and the doors whooshed open. Kyo Lee stepped out tentatively. She held the dark web device in her hands, my message still on the screen. I stepped forward out of the darkness. Kyo ran toward me with arms outstretched. I grunted in pain as we hugged. Kyo stepped back. The towel around my hand had soaked through to a dark, crimson red and blood was dripping onto the floor. My mind had been so focused elsewhere that I'd almost forgotten about it. Isaac, what the hell? Are you okay? I've been better, I said. Keo held up the message I'd written and frowned. You're late. I nodded. I knew she didn't mean the time. She meant I was late in believing her. I was worried you'd completely bought into John's hype and fallen into his trap. I had. I said, for a while anyway. Keo offered a soft, concerned frown. What happened to you? Do I even want to know? It's a long story, I said. Thanks for the cliché. It's four in the morning and you've just broken into my garage to see me. Is there somewhere else you need to be? I think we might have the time. The same old Keo, I thought. Brutally direct. Okay, you got me. I said. First things first, though. Follow me. We took the stairs down to the next level and walked across the garage until we reached a door that said, Jim. Lights flickered on as the door swung open. Keo put a hand to my chest. Wait a moment. Everything else in this building might have been in touch with the period architecture. But this room was different. LED lights flickered on several internet-connected bikes up against the far wall. Huge touchscreens on the other wall beckoned users to connect to a live instructor for some cardio or yoga. Keo unplugged each of the devices before motioning for me to enter. She then pointed to a door at the back of the room. You have a date with the shower. After that, we can work on whatever mess is under that towel. I didn't argue, and it felt incredible to finally wash away the filth of the last few days. By the time I had gotten out, wrapped a towel around myself, and stepped back into the gym, Keo had laid out a new set of clothes for me. Some old company swag from my storage cage. I'd forgotten how much I still had. I think you'll find something that fits. Laura Lee sweatpants. T-shirt, hat, jacket, socks, even boxer shorts. I wasn't going to complain. At least I'd no longer be smelling like the square. Thank you, I said. 
When I was done getting dressed, Keo held up a first aid kit. We sat down either side of an empty bench press. She grabbed my hand and placed it on a towel in front of her. Just remember, I'm an engineer, not a doctor, but I guess the mechanics are similar. Keo then winked at me. Close enough, I said. Once again, I felt a longing for her that I couldn't put into words. Could she feel the same despite what had happened a few nights ago? She held my gaze for a moment, then looked away. Maybe you can tell me how this happened? I explained as Keo did her best impression of a field medic. I told her everything. All of it. She listened while working on my hand, but every few seconds she would look up at me, seeming intent on carefully examining what I was saying and the way I was saying it. I wondered if she still had some doubt about me. She seemed surprisingly unmoved by the revelation that I had agreed to help stop Algo becoming president. I desperately wanted to ask what she thought, but I held onto the question for now and just waited for her to speak. Keo pressed down a square patch of gauze onto my hand. I winced. Well, I guess you're regretting you came back to the city? I looked at her. Maybe she was still processing it all. In a way, so was I. Wasn't exactly the trip I had in mind, I said. I have to hand it to Jamin, though. You kind of have to appreciate his maniacal focus. Yeah, I said. I'm totally getting his face and the word dedication as my next motivational poster. We both laughed. Silver lining, though. Who knew Algo would take such a liking to you? Yeah, I'm one of its parents, I said with a nod. The AI had said the same about her once, too. Keo placed down the last piece of tape with a forceful push and began to cut up a long roll of bandaging. Keo, I said, there's one more thing. Keo kept her eyes on the bandage she was preparing. I'm sorry that I didn't believe you, I said. It's easy to get caught in Jamin's orbit. Trust me, I've been there. I know, but... I let the words trail off. I still felt ashamed. I'd put everything she'd said earlier down paranoia and lingering bitterness. Keo stopped and finally looked up. She touched my cheek with the back of her hand and smiled. I just let the gesture and then silence be the sign of forgiveness. It was a long while before I spoke again. Keo, I said. When we were out on the street, you said you didn't think your Athena was spying on you. You said you knew it was. How? My turn, huh? Well, it started when Jamin first launched the idea of AI for president, before it was even Algo. I was at some conference when a reporter finally asked me about it. An AI as president. I could get on board with that. But I was stupid enough to blithely add that Jamin Lake having anything to do with the White House was a terrible idea. I didn't hold back. You. Direct, I said, and raised a playful eyebrow. Keo threatened to poke my hand, then smiled. It made a minor ripple through the valley for a few days, nothing more. I didn't even give it a second thought. Jalman hadn't even spoken to me since I'd left Laura Lee. Then he calls me up and starts threatening me with lawyers, all sorts of craziness, just for a few off-the-cuff comments. I thought he was just blowing off steam. But later I noticed the conference website got scrubbed of any mention of me.
and my comments disappeared from most of the web. Sounded like Jamin all right. I was angry, but I figured that Jamin lashing out for a few days would be the end of it. But then the manipulation really started. I still kept in touch with a lot of people within the industry. VC people, AI people, friends at Laura Lee. I talked to plenty of them after Algo was officially launched. I tried to explain how I felt about it, why they shouldn't believe everything Jamin said. I didn't even think about it at the time, but Athena was always with me. Every message, every email, every text, every call, every damn dinner party at my house. Slowly but surely, everyone I talked to would go dark. Everyone. They'd ghost me. It was as if anyone I touched turned to dust. You think Jamin threatened people not to talk to you? I asked. Absolutely. I became a target even though I never said anything publicly again. Jamin had marked me as an enemy and anyone who came into my orbit became suspect too. People who listened to me, well, it didn't take long before their company would suddenly get deplatformed from Athena. Their social accounts would lose verification or go dark altogether. Their content would get demonetized, stop showing up in search results. Maybe they'd even get ostracized by the VC guys, or fuck, all of the above. The message was clear. People found out exactly what would happen if they crossed Jamin. I nodded. The last few days were all the proof I needed of that. You find out who your friends are real quick. It didn't take long for people to realize they needed Jamin a whole lot more than they needed me. Keo then touched my hand after taping off the final piece of bandage. Thank you, I said. Thank you, too. You came back. We sat in silence for a few moments. Keo, I said, you never said what you thought of my decision. Of me helping to try and end Algo's campaign? I decided that I had waited long enough. I needed to know how she felt. Keo inched forward a little and regarded me carefully. She put her hand onto my chest. You know what Jamin has done to me, to us. I know they are hard decisions, but you're doing what needs to be done. I nodded appreciatively. She was in my corner, and that meant a lot, knowing what I had to do. I stood up. It was time to get moving. Going somewhere. You need to get some rest. I need to stop Algo, I said. How long has it been since you slept? Days, I said. I did suddenly feel achingly tired. Look, I can help you get to the pyramid, but you need to sleep. Are you going to get all the way to Algo's core on days of no sleep? Keo then reached for my hand, but I withdrew it quickly. What if someone comes in, I asked. At four in the morning, trust me, it's not that kind of building. Keo reached for my hand again, and this time, I let her take it. I felt another wave of tiredness wash over me. Wait, I asked. Did you spike my painkillers with sleeping pills or something? Keo smiled. Maybe. Bitch, I said and laughed. She was right, though. I desperately needed sleep. Keo walked me over to a corner of the gym. She had grabbed a bunch of extra Lara Lee hoodies, sweatshirts, sweatpants, jackets, and laid them out in the corner as a kind of makeshift bed.
I lay down, after the last few nights. Even this collection of old Laura Lee swag felt like the most comfortable bed I'd ever experienced. Keo lay down next to me, and my eyes began to get heavy. I yawned, struggling to fight off the tiredness. I didn't want to sleep just yet, though. Keo was the one person who might appreciate how these last few days had changed me. Keo, I said. Do you ever regret anything that we did? At Lara Lee, I mean? Keo squeezed my hand. Letting Jamin walk all over us, and not fighting back. Of course I do. Right, I said and nodded. But how about what we built? The way we did it? I mean, Jamin used Athena to spy on you. Do you ever wonder if maybe we did the same thing? To our users? And that Algo is now doing that too. Keo looked at me with a puzzled expression. She propped herself up, leaning her elbow on the floor. I want Athena to be the third half of our users' brains. You used to say that to our engineers, didn't you? I nodded again. You remember the slogan from the first launch event, right? If it knows you, it can help you. Understanding what our users really wanted is all we ever did. I lay still and looked at the ceiling. I've begun, I said. Well, to wonder if that's just an excuse. Something we tell ourselves to make us think everything we did was just fine. Keo reached out and turned my face toward her, her soft fingers pressed into my cheek. You think we would have been half the company Laura Lee turned into if we just built some pedestrian thing that let people turn on the lights or tell them the weather? We'd probably still be three months behind on the rent in that shitty studio at the Russ. No, we gave people a friend who understood them. We gave them what they wanted. I nodded, but started to think that Keo was suddenly sounding just like Jamin. Keo gave me a gently admonishing grin. Maybe you've been spending too much time with those Descons. Must be, I said, and forced a smile. The truth was, though, I had become far less certain about the ends always justifying the means. Keo smiled and ran a finger through my hair. They said they tried to get to you, I said. The Descons? Well, I guess it's lucky Sheikah found you instead. The sleeping pills kept doing their work. I could barely keep my eyes open. If we hadn't lost control, I said. If Jamin had brought us the idea of Algo, do you think we would have supported it? Don't you agree that Algo's the most momentous invention in computing since? Well, shit. Ever. This is about stopping Jamin. I tried to sit up, but Keo gently pushed me back down. Enough questions. It's time to sleep. I nodded and stared at the ceiling. At the end of the day, it seemed that Keo wasn't worried about being surveilled, the shadow bands, suspensions, or anything else, just that it was Jamin Lake who was doing it to her. I didn't want to admit it, but I suddenly wondered if maybe she'd have done exactly the same thing in his place. Keo started to stroke my hair. I think what you're doing is very brave, Isaac. Keo turned my head gently toward her, then suddenly leaned in and kissed me. I had yearned for this since the day we'd first met. I'd endlessly dreamed about it. But now that it was happening, it felt strange.
I hesitated. I couldn't stop thinking that maybe I didn't know Keo as well as I'd thought. The one thing I couldn't be sure of was, was it her who had changed, or had I? Keo stopped and moved back ever so slightly, as if she knew something wasn't quite right. She stared at me like she couldn't quite hide her disappointment. I just wasn't sure if she was disappointed, because I hadn't reached out and grabbed her, reveling in the passion we'd both been secretly harboring for all these years. Or was she disappointed by the possible revelation that I had lost the unwavering belief in our technological creations? Keo eventually spoke. You're tired. Keo, I said. She held a finger up to my lips, then rested her head on my shoulder. I closed my eyes. You've been listening to part 17 of Algo 2032, a story of the year AI runs for president. This series is written by Keir Newton and produced by Rotten Little Nerds. All the voices are voiced by AI itself. They are either fully digital or cloned voices via play.ht. Given the nature of this story, it felt fitting to have AI voice the characters. Original music is AI generated via soundraw.io. Please join us next time for part 18 of our story, The Ascent. I wonder if the future misses us too.